everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am Lilac Boots, and this is The Scroll. Um, today, I have a very special guest with me. Um, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Tito Q85, a.k.a. my English, you know, very good looking. <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, you can catch Tito on, on Twitter. Um, I follow him on Twitter and his teeth is, I was about, I was about to say Tito. <laughs> his tweets all, always crack me up. So I suggest you follow him because he's hilarious. So, all right. Um, we're just going to get into it. Um, we're going to start with the general news. So first, um, we're going to talk about NVIDIA low-key trying to take over the world. So, um, <laughs> the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has filed a lawsuit to block NVIDIA's acquisition of UK-based chip designer and supplier Arm Limited. NVIDIA first announced the acquisition in September 2020 when NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang said the merger, quote, will create a company fabulously positioned for the age of AI, end quote. But in November 2021, the UK government launched an investigation into the deal over national security and supply chain concerns. And shortly afterwards, the US began scrutinizing the deal as well. Um, so as a result of that scrutiny, the FTC TC has now determined that the combined company would be too big and powerful, giving it both the means and the incentive uh, quote, to stifle innovative next-generation technologies, unquote. Um, so, they released a statement. Uh, quote, tomorrow's technologies depend on preserving today's competitive, cutting-edge chip markets. Uh, FTC Bureau of Com Competition Director Holly Vadova said in a statement, this proposed deal would distort arms incentives in chip markets and allow the combined firm to unfairly undermine NVIDIA's rivals. The FTC's lawsuit should send a strong signal that we will act aggressively to protect our critical infrastructure markets from illegal vertical mergers that have far-reaching and damaging effects on future innovations. Um, Arm designs, or well, excuse me, Arm Limited designs and licenses chip designs to companies, including NVIDIA, for use in a wide range of applications, including graphics, AI processing, advanced networking, and even computer-assisted driving. Uh, we'll get we'll get to that later, actually, because Tesla did some. <laughs> Tesla did some crazy stuff with that too. Um, both NVIDIA and its important competitors rely on ARM to develop their products. And the FTC's excuse me, the FTC's opinion is that giving NVIDIA control over both ends of the design and production pipeline would probably not be good for competition. So um, just so you guys know how damaging this may get. Um, the FTC's lawsuit says the merger will result in competitive harm in three global markets. The first is high-level advanced driver assistance systems for passenger cars. So these systems offer computer-assisted driving functions such as automated lane changing, lane keeping, highway entrance and exit, and collision prevention. DPU, sorry, excuse me, second... DPU SmartNICs, which are advanced networking products used to increase the security and efficiency of data center servers. And third, ARM-based CPUs for cloud computing service providers. Um, these new and emerging products leverage ARM technology to meet the performance, power efficiency, and customiz sorry, customizability 
needs of modern data centers that provide cloud computing services. The lawsuit also alleges that the acquisition will give NVIDIA access to competitors' trade secrets, which they normally share with ARM in order to assist with de development, testing, and support. ARM itself may also be less likely to pursue new innovations that could conflict with NVIDIA's interests. So, yeah, that so you can see how that could be... Um, you know, that can turn into an entire thing. Um, but um, an NVIDIA spokesperson had uh, reached out and they said um, they'll continue to work to demonstrate that this transaction will benefit the industry and promote competition. Um, NVIDIA will invest in ARM's R&D, accelerate its roadmaps, and expand its offerings in ways that boost competition, create more opportunities for all ARM licensees, and expand the ARM ecosystem. Uh, NVIDIA is committed to preserving ARM's open licensing model and ensuring that its IP is available to all interested licensees, current and future. Um, so this will be a tough case to make. The FTC said the decision to oppose the merger was unanimous, with all four commissioners voting against it. The administrative trial to determine the outcome of the case is set to begin on August 9th, 2022. So. Yes, that is... Uh, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good if you're investing in NVIDIA. I mean, I know I have a stock in NVIDIA. I have an NVIDIA graphics card in my laptop, but... I, three global markets, though? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little much. Um, I don't understand why they can't just continue working with ARM without having to take over everything else. I mean, that's 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 what that's what corporations are, man. They just want to take over everything. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm still surprised that Disney gets to own Star Wars, Marvel, Fox, but you know, I, what do I know? Um, that's true, but that's still three companies, including their own. So it's not like they also own CBS and BT and Viacom and everything else. So you really can't be like they're taking over. I mean, Viacom's another one. Viacom owns it. Viacom owns us. <laughs> I guess, but like, it's not the same as it's not the same as one person having control over everything as opposed to like a couple of people. Oh no! I mean, I mean, look, I, I far be it for me, cause you know, they, you know, to the to the layman like myself, things just look a certain way. <laughs> That's like, fair. Like when when you find out like how much of these companies are basically all under like the same umbrella, you'd be like, man, like five people own all the shit in the world. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, we'll see. I, I mean, you see the vote was unanimous, <laughs> unanimously against them doing it. So, you know. Yeah, because that, you know, again, that would be some scary shit. Because, I mean, what, what they're not saying, too, is that this is also would be military war chip shit. The, um... Let me see. Okay.
Okay, well, if you're talking about networking, well, okay, if you're talking about the smart nicks for the data centers, I guess, maybe, but they didn't really get that well, that deep as far as mm, the military specifically. I mean, I always assume, I just kind of assume the military is always involved. Oh. <laughs> I um, well, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I feel like they would have something else. I don't think, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I just know that as far as the, the thing that I feel like would harm the most and, and what they would um, have competitive harm in is probably the data center service because every, every company that uses technology has a data center. So... That's well, silly. and then you know, um, the number one thing about competition is competitive pricing. You know, if they if there's no competitive pricing, the pricing gonna be stupid. <laughs> yes, I one hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> All right. Um. So next, uh, quick, uh, quick news for you, Nintendo fans. Um, if you wanted to get your hands on the Nintendo Switch OLED's dock, you're in luck. Nintendo was now selling it on its online store for $70, $10 more than the original dock. The newer version of the dock has a slightly more rounded design, comes in white, and most importantly for some gamers, trades one of its USB 2.0 ports for an Ethernet jack. Um, it's nice to have the option to buy a second dock for your Switch OLED should you need an extra or a replacement. You could also pick one up if you've got a non-OLED Switch and your dock is getting to the point where it needs a replacement. Uh, Nintendo's own FAQ says the OLED's dock is compatible with the regular Switch, though you may need to do a software update to get full functionality. If you're in need of a dock and you're planning on adding a LAN port anyway, going with the OLED dock seems like a no-brainer. Nintendo sells its first-party Ethernet adapter for $30 on its own, and while you can find ones around the $10 mark, having an integrated one is certainly a cleaner solution. If you need a dock and are looking to save a buck, you can grab a refurbished original model for a cool $40. Nintendo also sells a refurb of the Animal Crossing themed dock for the same price if you're feeling in the island mood. While these won't include the LAN port, they are still compatible with the Switch OLED if you're looking to pick up an extra dock for a secondary TV and don't want to splurge in a version that came in the box. So... Well, I hope everybody enjoys their Nintendo Vitas. <laughs> you said Nintendo Vitas. <laughs> okay, well, good. Those Nintendo Vitas look really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in my personal feelings about uh, this, I well, I don't have a switch, so let's start off with that. Second of all, if I did have a switch, I would get this dock only because um, I'm not a big uh, Wi-Fi person. I'd rather have a wired connection. Um, that's just that's just me. So that's the only reason why I would get it. But if you don't care about that, then there's there's no reason to get this. I mean, there's also no reason to get an OLED switch if you just going to be have it docked anyway? Yeah, but it would still be connected via Wi-Fi. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying that I think the primary reason you would get the OLED switch is because you're trying to take that sucker with you. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. No, 
Like, like if if I'm just gonna be gaming on my TV, then mm-hmm. the screen of the switch don't really matter. That's a, yeah, that's true. Very true. Like I think they didn't give they didn't give people the upgrades that people wanted. Like number one, come on, man, we we getting our games digital now. Like give us more memory than thirty two gig. What are you doing? and and like i said there was just so much that you could have done like you know man you still ain't get you we we can't just get like you know cool ass themes on our switch like you know uh stuff that is standard on most other consoles it's like yo come on man (laughs) yeah you would also think that because that console was so popular that they would have definitely tried a little bit harder to improve um you know the memory on those things considering all the games that you could possibly have on that thing yeah like i mean at, at least you know you you can buy an sd card and, and you don't you don't have to buy like some nintendo memory card that gouges you for the price you know yeah but yeah yeah that's true but yeah, um, yeah. If you're interested, it's you know they got it online. If not, you know, you can just pass on it. <laughs> if you go get, if you're gonna get a docked switch that you're gonna have mostly docked, just buy the old one. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Like, also, also with the Nintendo Switch and the light. I mean. Shouldn't people just get the light? Because I think if you just get the regular one, it, it really only matters. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. It only matters for like a few games if you have um the regular Switch and the light. So. And also, let's not forget that the PlayStation Vita came out with at first with the OLED screen. And you know what you got? You got a high price point and low battery life. No one wants that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. That PlayStation Vita wasn't very popular. Yeah, but that was all Sony's fault because, again, you know, you put no memory on that thing, and then you had people buying $40, $50, $100 memory cards, bro. Yeah. $100 memory card for 64 gigs. Get out of here. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then, not to mention, they were doing, they they thought that, you know, people were going to be, like, getting digital planes for their Vita because they had, like, a, a, three, a 3G, 4G, and Wi-Fi Vita. Like, oh, that worked out well. <laughs> Like I, I gotta get AT and T to play video games. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. On to the next story. So, um, remember earlier I mentioned Tesla was 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 uh, acting a little funny as well. So here's, here's what happened with them. So. A recent over-the-air update pushed out by Tesla delivered an unexpected new feature, the ability for a motorist to play video games even while driving, and that has raised the concerns of federal safety regulators. 
It's just the latest time that Tesla appears to have pushed the boundaries when it comes to safety, with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, having repeatedly raised quite, excuse me, concerns about the automaker's initial autopilot system and more recent full self-driving feature. The latest controversy was triggered by a complaint filed by Vince Patton, a retired journalist living near Portland, Oregon who watched a YouTube video showing how drivers could play video games on the large touchscreen that controls virtually all functions in Tesla vehicles. Taking his own Model 3 out, Patton found he could play games like Solitaire and Skyforce Reloaded as he looped around the parking lot near his home. Quote, somebody's going to get killed, Patton told the Associated Press after filing a complaint with NHTSA. Quote, I was just dumbfounded. Tesla is no stranger to the Federal Safety Agency, as well as the National Transportation Safety Board. Both agencies have repeatedly initiated safety probes looking into issues including battery fires. But that scrutiny has only ramped up since 2015 when Tesla first made the autopilot software available to drivers. It has been linked by regulators to several deaths and numerous crashes, notably a 2016 Florida incident that killed a former Navy SEAL. In August, NHTSA began an investigation into the 11 crashes that have occurred in the U.S. since January 2018, including ones where vehicles allegedly operating on autopilot have struck stationary police cars and fire trucks. The agency this week confirmed it is now seeking answers from Tesla as to why a recent software update appears to allow drivers to play video games while a vehicle is moving. We are aware of driver concerns and are discussing the feature with the manufacturer, NHTSA said in a statement, adding that distraction-affected crashes are a concern, particularly in vehicles equipped with an array of convenience technologies such as entertainment screens. Virtually all new vehicles today are equipped with videos screens that control features such as the radio, climate control, and onboard navigation. Ford and General Motors, among others, have introduced marketplaces where motorists can order food or even schedule a flight. But such functions are normally restricted while a vehicle is in motion. On the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer, an additional screen for front passengers can be used to watch videos, but it is designed so that the images cannot be seen by a driver. Tesla's update introduced a pop-up menu that can be used by the driver to load games on the main screen. Tesla did not respond to a request for comment. Um, the automaker last year discontinued its public relations department. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> under, <laughs> excuse me. Under federal safety regulations, Automakers must follow strict rules about what can be operated on a video screen while the vehicle is in motion. In most cases, a driver cannot even pair a smartphone using Bluetooth until the vehicle is stopped or parked. Tesla has come under fire from Consumer Reports, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and others for failing to use a driver monitoring system while the vehicle is operating under autopilot. As a result, its vehicles have allowed motorists to fall asleep behind the wheel or even climb out of the driver's seat. Distracted driving has become a major concern for safety regulators, with NHTSA estimating that it is responsible for about 9% of U.S. traffic deaths, or about 3,100 fatalities in 2019. This whole idea is ridiculous. Jesus! <laughs> this entire idea... Is ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous. 
idea having to do with video games I've ever heard in my life. Why in God's green earth would you drive and play a video game at the same time? That's a... That sounds like a very bad way to die. That's just... that's It's so stupid. Okay, okay. So, quick quick question, though. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what game would you be playing while you was driving? This is what I'm saying. I can't even think of, like, what... First of all, what game can you play with one hand? Let's start off with that. <laughs> what game can you play <laughs> with one hand? Because I know they're not talking about taking both hands off the wheel, because you've got to be crazy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting no car drive for me. Man. I mean, well, I don't have a problem with autopilot. I just have a problem with the, the whole just not, <laughs> like, okay, this is, I'm like, my mind is like mush right now because this is the whole idea is just ridiculous. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Tito? <laughs> like, I just don't know. Also, I'm going to be honest. If somebody owns a Tesla, I just kind of assume they're a douchebag. <laughs> may, may, maybe that's unfair. I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what say you? I mean, I will, in my opinion, I assume if someone owns a Tesla, they're just really into technology. But this is like taking it too far. I'm no, okay? I can't even listen. I can't even play video games and work at the same time because I have so much stuff to do. So imagine like trying to drive. And, I mean, like I said, what game can you play with one hand? Also, is, is the urge to play video games so great <laughs> that you must do it while you're driving? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I just, you know, I just want to know what game is so good. <laughs> no, let me, let me, just, let me turn off this save real quick and continue my game in the car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, 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 no, just, just imagine, like, you know, the death report on the news. So he died. But he beat that last boss and got a war three. We good. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, it's just, oh my God. This is like the stupidest idea ever. Like, this is not. I mean, they must have got rid of their research and development department, too, not just the public relations, because this is just stupid. <laughs> like, I, you know, I just, you know, actually, there's just been like a lot of silly stuff with cars, you know? I just I just feel like the pe people's car just kind of become this thing of like, what outlandish, stupid shit can I do with the car? <laughs> like, you you think um, anybody was ever, ever, ever sitting in their car? Like, remember when they used to make a big deal of like, yeah, I got like the consoles and the TVs in my car. You oh, like in the back anybody, seat? Yeah. You ever think anybody was really sitting around playing video games in the damn back seat of their car? I don't. 
Maybe the person's kids, but they're not driving, so it didn't matter. <laughs> like, like that. Remember that used to be the thing. I got TVs. Yeah. Yep. TVs and a bit and the headrest. Yep. I remember. Got your got your got your name on the seats. <laughs> like know, in just, um, just in case anybody forgets your name. <laughs> like in what you call a pit, my right? Remember that show? Yep. yep. Got yo used to have like the entire console set up in the back of your car and shit. <laughs> I remember one girl had bubbles coming out the trunk. You you seen the stories right about how none of those cars worked? Oh no, I didn't. None of those cars worked, bro. They were all like wow. You know, they would show you, you know, all the 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 customs and all that shit. Right, and then people. People would get their cars, but what they don't realize is that's also maintenance. You got to maintain that. Right. So, so it not only does it not work, it costs more than it's worth. Wow. And yeah, I'm not a car person. So, you know, naturally I wouldn't have known any of this, but that's crazy. I remember that show too. Wow. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of people would complain and be like, well, I mean, I guess I got these 15 minutes of fame, but now my car don't work. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Listen. And, and, and the funny shit is, too, uh-huh. is that because Exhibit did that show, he basically ruined his career. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was on Empire for like a second, and then after that, I don't know. Like, how many people, you know, don't even know that Exhibit was a rapper? They're like, ain't you the dude from Pimp My Rap? That's true. But that's just, like, younger people. That's not, I mean, you had to have been around. Because when he was rapping, that was, like, way before Pimp My Rap even came on. No, you, you right. But again, you not thinking like a 21-year-old. <laughs> you know, that's just like these 21-year-olds talking about Drake is the Michael Jackson of our generation. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> like Mariah Carey ain't got nothing on Ariana Grande. <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's very true. That's very very true. <laughs> All right, Tesla, you 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 gotta sit back and think about that one, okay? <laughs> um. All right, so on to some more positive and wonderful news. Um, this will be our last gen- last general news story um, before I announce the winners of uh, the Game Awards last night. Um, so, in Baltimore, um, there is a Gamer Symphony Orchestra, and um, they decided to get together and perform uh, video game music. So, um, there is a... Let me see. Um, so someone who majored in music education at the University of Maryland, College Park, um, her name is Kira Levitsky, um, she attended a performance by the Gamer Symphony Orchestra at UMD. Um, she was instantly captivated as she heard the musicians play a song from the game The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, quote, I was sitting there and my jaw dropped, she said. I was like, this is from a video game? So, enthralled by the orchestra's music, she joined the group and conducted it for five years. 
After graduating college and moving to Baltimore, she founded the Baltimore Gamer Symphony Orchestra and Choir, or the BGSO, in 2013 to carry on the community that made her fall in love with gaming music. Um, so if I think I'm going to release this um, maybe tonight, if not tonight, tomorrow morning, so the day that this is going to premiere, the... BGSO will present their Made in Maryland concert virtually on December 11th, which is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, featuring music from video games that were developed in the old line state. The concert will be free to watch. The featured games included Fallout 2, Fallout 3, The Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall, Fear 3, XCOM, Civilization 5, Civilization 6, Kingdoms of Amalur, Reckoning, Flutter Bombs, and Squirrely Roo Rabbit. In addition to songs for video games, the concert will also include recorded messages from the video game music composer. The BGSO is a non-auditioning orchestra. All levels of musical ability are welcome. There is no cap on the number of each instrument, so the sizes of sections fluctuate. Quote, the point of this orchestra is the community first and foremost, said music director and conductor Tad Howley. Quote, whatever balance or instrumentation we end up with, whatever sorts of arrangements that get made for us for our particular instrumentation, that's all fine. Excuse me. It's all going to sound different. It's all going to sound like us. We're really just here to play music with each other. Uh, one of Howley's favorite pieces to be featured in the concert is a song called I Vow to Thee, My Country, from the game Civilization V, which incorporates a melody from Jupiter, part of British composer Gustav Holt's The Planet's Suite. Getting to work with a choir that is as robust as it's ever been, with an orchestra that is as big as we've ever been, getting the full instrumentation in there is one of the most powerful pieces we've ever done, he said. I'm very excited about showing it to people. Meanwhile, Carr is a big fan of the upbeat and fast-moving music from indie game Squirrely Roo Rabbit, which, all, which will also be featured in the concert. Quote, as a flute player that enjoys that kind of thing, I was like, all right, let's do this, she said. The Squirrely Roo Rabbit game is being developed by Boba Studios, a three-person team including Ashley Boucher, the studio CEO, who oversees game and user interface design, writing, and programming, TJ Martin in charge of sound and music, and Kirsten Kutsi, who works on the game's art and animation. While BGSO and Boba Studios were at Artscape in 2019, the two groups started talking about the BGSO's idea for the Made in Maryland concert, and Boba Studios offered to be part of the project. BGSO will be playing a medley of music from the Squirrely Roo game, including characters, musical themes, as well as songs that are important to the story, Martin said. I'm sure we've all heard either in music or in other media, a creator just takes a bunch of parts of things and sticks them together and it feels very disjunct. It doesn't really work. He said, we wanted to make sure that we picked tracks that had a good overall arc to them. The game, which started as a college thesis project, is still in development, but the current demo is available to play on GameJolt and itch.io. The developers plan to release a new demo in January. <clears throat> um... Hang on one second. Uh, so, uh, music is an integral part of storytelling in video games, Carr said. If there wasn't any music, the game would be boring, she said. It really puts you in the mindset of wherever you're supposed to be. It makes you feel like you're actually participating in the game, not just sitting there on your couch. 
Although we're not going through life into an emotional moment and a soundtrack starts out from nowhere, having those musical beats in there to help support the characters and support what's going on in the story, it allows for an extra avenue of information to come to the audience and help them process what's going on screen, what's going on in the story, he said. In Boba Studios' game, character-driven tracks help showcase different personalities, from the squirrely Roo main character's very happy and hoppy and joyful demeanor to the big oink as a big sort of oaf-like character, Martin said. Howley compared video game music to the romantic period of classical music, where everything was about imagery through sound and conveying scenes and stories through music. Musical cues can offer insight into what is happening in the game, like in Pokemon games where the music changes when the player enters a battle, Carr said. In another game, Shadowgate, Carr said the music changes to a minor key and becomes very scary as the characters torch, their source of light and life amid the deadly darkness is extinguished. Um, even older games without traditional game soundtracks, like some that came out in the 1970s with the Atari system, use simple bleeps and bloops to signal an enemy was nearby, Carr said. Music can also remind people of the video games they grew up with and the people they played them with, unearthing the same feelings they felt when they initially experienced them. Quote, I know people that have played a game back when they were teens, and now they're in their 40s or 50s, and they just sit there listening to the music, and they're just in nostalgia, Levitsky said. They're in this amazing flashback of when they were in their youth again, and it makes them feel the way that they did when they first played the game. The first game console Howley's family ever owned was a Nintendo 64. Some of my absolute earliest memories, quite literally the very first thing I can remember, being like two years old, we're playing Super Mario 64 with my dad, he said. Later, Holly fell in love with Star Fox 64, which he used to play over and over again just so he could listen to the music at the end of the game. In fact, he loved the ending credits theme so much that it became the first piece he conducted for the BGSL when he just transitioned from an enthusiastic trombone player to a conductor in 2016. That will always be one of the most powerful experiences of my life, getting to sit down and do that, he said. The dress rehearsal where I got to run through for the first time, start to finish with full instrumentation, we got all the way through dead perfect. I screamed yes, punched the music stand in front of me, and just burst into tears. Levitsky said she has also heard from people who have used video games to honor deceased loved ones. Quote, it helped them feel like they could connect with loved ones who had died because they actually played the game with a loved one who passed away, she said. When they were able to get back into the game and interact with the same kind of figures, it was so awesome for them that they could experience that feeling again. So, um, I thought this was a really lovely idea, and this is a local orchestra in Baltimore. And if you want to watch the symphony, like I said, it will be, it's, this, it's Friday. So it will be on December 11th, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Or if you're listening to this on a Saturday, it's today at 3 p.m. So, what do you think, Tina? What is, you know, what, what is a piece of music from video game that resonates with you? See, you know what? I was going to comment on that because when they said Civilization 5 and 6 they were doing, I was hoping that they would do 4 because the theme song yeah. from Civilization 4, first of all, that song got nominated for a Grammy. So I was just like, <laughs> how come they're not doing 4? But then I was like, well, depending on like the instruments they have, they probably wouldn't be able to get it right because 4 is like a... 4 is in Swahili, so it's like you... You need like some drums in there to like really capture like the song. So 
Yeah. I'm assuming that's probably why, but yeah, Civilization, like the theme song to Civilization 4 will always, oh my god, it's just, it's just a beautiful piece of music. Uh, I, what I always tell everybody is, uh, the first, the first near game, at least the original game, mm -hmm. is a, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible game. Don't play <laughs> it. But, but the soundtrack though, the first near soundtrack is one of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time. Okay. Like for real, like go go listen to that. It's uh, it's like the near soundtrack and the near replicant soundtrack. It's like two of them. Wow. But yeah, and 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 also the the, the, the near automata soundtrack is good too. But I feel like most people know about that one. So oh yeah, that one was more popular. But um yeah, I'll definitely check that out. That's interesting. Um, oh, also, obviously, growing up, just all the Kingdom Hearts theme songs, obviously, but I just feel like the theme song to Civilization Four just kind of just hit, like, <laughs> just really hit. Oh, and also, any anything from the Donkey Kong Country Super Nintendo games. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I could be here all day with the video game music. <laughs> All right, um, so that was it for the general news. Uh, we'll be right back with the winners of the Game Awards 2021. Um, let's see what else. Um, and also, basically, just a quick discussion about what games we've been playing lately. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys, just want to give a quick shout-out to Kitter Cat. She sells candles and wax melts. Uh, they are made of 100% all-natural soy wax. It is a black woman-owned and operated business. You can buy her candles at terran-made.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-N-M-A-D-E.com. Also, if you love rap music as much as I do, please listen to the album 168 by Ziggy. It is available now on Bandcamp. I listened to the whole album and I really appreciate it Tuesday and Wednesday. Those are two tracks on the album. So please go get that while you can. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, um, like I said, um, instead of the usual announcements that we do after the general news, we're just going to um, announce uh, who are the wonderful winners um, at the Video Game Awards last night. Uh, they took place December 9th um, at... I mean, it really started at 8. They said 7.30, but it really started at 8, so... <laughs> um, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. I stayed up until they announced the best action game, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up right when they announced who the Game of the Year winner was. So, I didn't get, like, a huge... Um, you know, I didn't get to watch it because I was so tired from work, but... Um, you know, this is for you guys that, you know, just want to know who won, so, um, so if you want to know who the, uh, Tito, if you want to know who the nominees were, just let me know, I'm just going to say who the winners are, so, okay. so, uh, the winner for the most anticipated game, which recognizes an announced game that has them in excuse me, demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward, the winner 
is Elden Ring. Oh, come on, man. Dark Souls 12. <laughs> say, say that one more time. You mean Dark Souls 12? How, how is that? How is that pushing? How is that pushing gaming for? You know what? Never mind. Well, you want to know who the nominees were? Who? Um, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and uh, the sequel to the uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. So, so basically, sequels. Well, the category, well, the category is most anticipated game. So it's like it's just pe- it's just they won for being the game that people are most feeling for. <laughs> also, also, again, do people not learn? Why do we still anticipate Bethesda games? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Like you know, it's just gonna be some glitchy shit. <laughs> Like, I don't. I don't you, people don't. People don't learn. Shout, shout out to Fallout seventy six. <laughs> All right. So for my esports people, um, the best esports team, which recognizes a specific esports team, not the full organization, judged the most outstanding for performance and conduct in twenty twenty one. The winner is uh, Natus Vincere. Uh, I'm trying to read the. I'm trying to guess what game that is. It's CS Colin G O. I'm trying to guess what game that is. Counter Strike? Is that Counter Strike? I think so. Okay. Well, so the best esports team is Natus Vincere. Congratulations, people. Yeah, it's like Counter. It's like Counter Strike Go. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Um, so the best esports game is uh, for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, inclusive of tournaments, community support, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. Uh, the winner is League of Legends. Wow, I didn't even know people still play that game. Oh yeah, that game's still popular. I thought, you know, I thought everybody was just playing like Overwatch. That's an esports game? Huh? What'd you say? Yeah, Overwatch? I didn't think that was I didn't think that was an esports game. I mean it didn't get nominated. I mean with esports, I, the only esports I watch is, is um fighting game community and that, that shit don't never win nothing. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause I mean But they got their own awards though. Don't they got their own stuff or home event rather? Yeah. They got them, but I mean, you know, might might have something to do with the fact that it's mostly black and brown people. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> got a point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, next, the best esports event, uh, which recognizes an event across single or multiple days that that delivered a best of class experience for participants and the broadcast audience. The winner is the 2021 League of Legends World Championship. Well, I mean, you just said League of Legends won best esports, so well, it won the best esports game, but there the event won as well. So, so how, how much, how much, how much they pay the game awards to get that shit? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just glad PUBG did win because fuck that game. <laughs> Yo, nah, that, that's what was crazy to me. It's like, whoa, we getting PUBG trailers? Listen, I just, I can't. 
if I talk about PUBG, I'm going to go on another rant, okay? Because when I first started this podcast, I, I specifically said that I don't understand how that game was allowed to... I, I don't understand how they were allowed to just do what they did. And also, it's their fault that this whole battle royale crap started. So, I just, you know, got annoyed. I mean, the crazy shit to me was when, you know, Fortnite was originally a one-player game. And they basically said, all those people that wanted that game, they said, no, fuck y'all. We're making money now. <laughs> yeah, so. Because like, I, I got so many people like, yo, what happened? To, what's it, what was it called? Fortnite saved the world or whatever? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we, we don't care. all right um next uh the best esports coach which goes to the esports coach judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021 goes to kim (laughs) no phil jackson is not an esports coach (laughs) kim k coma jungyun congratulations sir so the uh, next uh, for best esports athlete, uh, this goes to the esports athlete judged to be the most outstanding for performance and conduct in 2021, irrespective of game, goes to Alexander Simple Kostliev. Congratulations, sir. Um, Yo, go ahead. esports athlete reminds me of when Charles Barkley said that golf was not a sport. Which I take offense to because I played golf in high school, so he can kick rocks. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> next category is content creator of the year. Uh, this goes to for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and, and positive impact on the community in 2021. Um. The award goes to Dream. Congratulations. Okay. Alright. Now, for best multiplayer game, this goes for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. And the winner is It Takes Two. Oh yo, I will I will always love that guy. Fuck the Oscars. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Oscars, Randy Green bitch. That was hilarious. Um next, so Best sim slash strategy game. So this goes to the best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay irrespective of platform. And the winner is Age of Empires 4. Congratulations. I'm so happy. Yay, imperialism video game. <laughs> that game was good. I played... I played the first level of that game, and I thought it was cool because um, in Age of Empires 4, when you're doing the initial um, level, like the tutorial level, I think, um, well, it's either tutorial or the first level, but anyway, when they show, um, it's about William the Conqueror, so what's cool is that they have actual video of what England looks like now, and what they did was they digitized what the, where, like, the army was, um, 
in that same spot, like, you know, a thousand years ago. So I thought it was really cool because you saw all the digitized ships coming down, like, the English Channel, and you saw where, like, William the Conqueror, like, burned down, like, a couple, <laughs> a couple of uh, areas, you know. So I thought that part was really cool. So Look, all those games have shown me is that I would be a horrible ruler. So. <laughs> um... Next, so uh, best sports slash racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game goes to Forza Horizon 5. Congratulations. I'm not surprised they won, though. Those, those games, got are always basically like, hey, look at our new graphics engine. I mean, yeah. Those are essentially as either... A Forza game or for, for PlayStation is Gran Turismo, where you put out a racing game and it's like, God damn, that shit looks real. <laughs> All right, next. Best best family game for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, goes to It Takes Two. Congratulations. Um... Well, damn, apparently people got two-member families. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm saying they don't got, like, Jack's Party Pack or, like, Uno in me. Um, no, the nominees for Best Family Game were um, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario oh, 3D, Super Mario, Party didn't win. <laughs> Super Mario 3D World, and Bowser's Fury, WarioWare, get it together. Oh, I just wow. find it funny that Nintendo. I just find it funny that Nintendo got smacked in their own category. <laughs> hey, it takes two beat the okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I can't talk because I never played it takes two, so I can't sit here and talk crap. So I never played it either. I'm just. I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the best fighting game for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat, the winner is Guilty Gear Strive. I don't play fighting games oh. either. So. Oh, shit. Anime dashers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look... There wasn't no new Street Fighter, no new Tekken, no new King of Fighters. It didn't really have much competition. Well, do you want to know who they beat or yeah, who they beat? Um, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, Melty Blood, Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, and Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Yes. Yeah, so, other than Virtual Fighter Five. None of those other games was gonna be taken seriously. Okay. <laughs> the, the the Nickelodeon game, uh-huh. like, is basically a Smash Brothers knockoff. Yeah, basically. And it's so bad and so cheap, mm-hmm. they didn't even get voice acting for it. Like, you got just a bunch of silent oh, characters. I think I you heard about just- that. Like, you got just a bunch of silent characters punching people. Mm-mm-mm. And, and that's why Warner Brothers is going to put out their own version of that. And then they're like, hey, look at us. We actually got voice work. Yes. 
wow, I, yeah, I didn't even, uh, <laughs> first of all, Warner Brothers is petty for that. Second of all, <laughs> I didn't even know that that was the case. I mean, I think I heard about it, but I didn't, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers is like, yeah, look, we got the we got the Ninja Turtles, we got fucking Scooby Doo in this bitch. That's wow. Yeah, so you know, Smash Brothers knockoffs. That's about to be a thing. <laughs> um, all right, next, uh, best RPG for the best game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massively, excuse me, massively multiplayer experiences. The winner is Tales of Aris. Mm -hmm. I, I know, no, I, I'm, I'm too dumb for RPGs. <laughs> You're not dumb. <laughs> um, I personally, well, RPGs are my, that's my, actually my favorite genre of video games. Um, Seeing the other categories, I'm actually not surprised that Shin Megami Tensei Five didn't win. Um, the other nominees were Scarlet. Oh, go ahead. That's the one I always hear people talking about. Exactly. That's why I was like, "What?" <laughs> but um, the other nominees were Scarlet Nexus, Monster Hunter Rise, and Cyberpunk 2077, which wasn't going to win because they screwed up their launch date. So. Damn. Yeah, that was never going to win. So. Uh, oh, I can't be the only one who th thinks Monster Hunter Rise sounds like a porn. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, next, so uh, best action adventure game. Uh, for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, the winner is Metroid Dread. Oh shit! Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you want to know the nominees? Yeah. Who who did Metroid beat? Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Psychonauts Two. Metroid beat Resident Evil. Vi wow. Okay. I can't believe they beat Ratchet and Clank. I'm sick. I mean, yeah. I just. Mm. Cause, Cause, let me tell you, I didn't hear nobody talking about no damn Metroid train. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> um, all right. So, best action game for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. Uh, the winner is Returnal. Is that that was a PlayStation Five exclusive, right? I think so. Hang on, let me look it up right now. Because uh, not many people got to play that something. Yes, it was exclusively for the PlayStation 5. It came out in April. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely can't play if it's exclusively for the <laughs> PS5. I am, I am not paying $3,000 to play a game. <laughs> I'm surprised, um, well, the nominees for this particular category were Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, and Far, Far, excuse me, Far Cry 6. I'm surprised Back for Blood didn't win. Everybody was talking about that game. I thought Deathloop would have won. That too. It was between those two that I thought was going to win, but guess not. Guess only a select few people got to enjoy the 
greatness of Returnal. All right. Um, so next category is uh, innovation and accessibility. Um, this is for recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. And the winner is Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, see, I can't, I can't even dispute or discuss because I didn't play that game either, so. Well, actually, um, I think they won because they had designed, um, I think they had designed, like, a, a steering wheel and gas pedal for disabled people. So I think that's why they won in particular, because they, they had designed something where um, someone with, like, limited motor uh, ability can still play the game. So I think that's why they won. I didn't hear anything about accessibility for the rest of these games, though. Um, the nominees were Far Cry 6, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil Shadow of the Crown. Yeah, like how... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about those other games doing anything for um, someone with a disability, but I know, I know, I think Forza Horizon 5 had designed like a steering wheel and gas pedal for people that have limited water ability, so I think that's why they won, so... Yeah, a lot of this stuff is like you, you, you don't even know what got them nominated. So. Yeah. <laughs> so um all right, next. Best VR slash AR game for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. And the winner is Resident Evil 4. Yo. That's one of those games that has been released so many times. <laughs> it's like fucking Resident Evil, Skyrim. Um, yeah. Well, you mean Elder Scrolls? Yep. Um, next. Best community support, and I'm not a... I'm so not surprised about this, because, wow... Um, this was for recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates slash patches. The winner is Final Fantasy XIV Online. Wow, you guys are amazing. I cannot believe this game became relevant after, like, 15 years. <laughs> so, I am not surprised that they won Best Community Support. That is amazing. That is amazing. I mean, it's so funny, right? Because... I just keep seeing people say, I'm, I'm glad Fortnite didn't win because nobody plays Fortnite. And then I saw the Fortnite people saying, why did Final Fantasy win? Nobody plays Final Fantasy. Wow. First of all, that's not even true because they clearly were missing something because the resurgence in Final Fantasy XIV online, that is something for like the history books because I have never seen a game just fade away at one point and then come back like 10 years later. That's I've never seen that. I've never seen that. Yeah, like I have, I have uh, pretty much all my friends play Final Fantasy. I'm I'm in Discord, and they're playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, and also, and here's another thing. First of all, I don't even understand how Fortnite got nominated because all they're known for is just stealing people's dances and putting them as freaking emoticons in their game. So how is that best community support? Yeah, I also feel like the. The YouTubers and Twitch streamers who got popular playing Fortnite, that's starting to decline, too. 
Yeah, because it's like that game was just... Oh, I can't wait till that wave is over. Um, Alright, next is best mobile game. Uh, this is for the best game playable on a mobile device. And the winner is Genshin Impact. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but... Um, yeah, I'm just not surprised. <laughs> I, I just... I, I remember... When I actually was excited for like mobile gaming because I thought the games were actually gonna be good, but then it just ended up being like, How much money can we get out of you? Oh, yeah, I was never a big mobile gamer either. I just, you know, mobile mobile games, uh, it's just not the same, it's not the same as playing a game on a computer or a console. So that's why I was just like, I don't feel like I'm getting the full entertainment or enjoyment out of this. Yeah, and like I said, it just it just ended up becoming like you know, hey, if you want extra lives, pay us five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the annoying part. Yeah. All right. Um. So next is best debut indie game. This is for the best debut game created by a new independent studio, and the winner is Kina Bridge of Spirits. Wow, see, I didn't even know that was an indie game. I thought it was just, you know. A regular game? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's an indie game. <laughs> um, Next is for best indie game. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. And the winner is Kina Bridge of Spirits. <laughs> Who the fuck would have thought? <laughs> oh, next. And I'm not surprised about this either. This is the award for the best ongoing game. This is awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. And the winner is Final Fantasy XIV Online. Congratulations. Oh. Totally not surprised. You want to talk about ongoing. Do you know? You remember when that game came out? <laughs> Yeah, like I, it was. Uh, it's the oldest game on this list. <laughs> I thought it was gonna go the way of Final Fantasy Eleven because I, when that came out, and tank like a month. Yes. Oh my God, this game is this game is old. It's just the resurgence back into it is just what I'm. I'm just so amazed by that. So I'm not surprised they won best ongoing game considering the first of all they're the oldest game on this list, and um. I'm just I'm really happy for um the, the the excuse me the developers of this game that you know everyone went back on it and is enjoying it. So congratulations. Alright. <clears throat> Next. So uh this is Games for Impact. This award is for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. And the game is life uh, excuse me, and the winner is Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, I have never played a Life is Strange game. I haven't either. I didn't play the original one, so now I'm a little bit more interested. <laughs> um, okay, so I saw this given out while I was still awake. <laughs> this is for um, Best Performance, and this is awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. 
Uh, and the winner is Maggie Robertson for Resident Evil Village. And if you don't know who she is, she was that really tall lady with the hat and the big butt that everybody kept talking about when that game came out. <laughs> the meme one. Yes, <laughs> the meme one. <laughs> And she was looking fine as fuck, too. Yeah, she was... I was like, wow, she really is tall. Because <laughs> when she accepted the award, I was like, they really didn't change much. <laughs> Ooh, look at the way them tits are thinning. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> um, so next is was uh, Best Audio Design. And this is recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Uh, the winner is Forza Horizon 5. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, next, best score slash music for, oh, Tito, you're going to love this, for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack, the winner is Near Replicant, version 1.224744A7139. They know! They know! <laughs> they know! That shit is so good! <laughs> Look, man, that's the kind of shit I just tell people, look, like, people miss out on a lot of good music because it comes from a video game or an anime. Mm. Right. Go, go, go cop that shit. That shit is good. <laughs> All right, next. For uh, Best Art Direction. And this is uh, for Outstanding Creative and or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation. The winner is Deathloop. That is a nice looking game. Yeah, it is. All right, next. Um, best Narrative for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in a Game. The winner is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you? You didn't play that, did you? No. Mm -mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like just went on YouTube and looked like and looked at cutscenes. <laughs> definitely, that shit is definitely like um, Mass Effect, the Marvel version. Oh wow, really? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They both take place in space, so. Yeah, especially like with like you know the conversation trees and and choosing the kind of relationships you want to have with people and all that. It's, it's very mass effect. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, next, uh, for uh best game direction, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design, the winner is Deathloop. And finally, for Game of the Year, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields, the winner is It Takes Two. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. The Game of the Year. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, what were the nominees for this one? So the nominees for Game of the Year, um, and if you don't, if you're not familiar with the Game Awards, this is the biggest award they give out. Um, the nominees were Deathloop, Metroid Dread, 
Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. You know, I feel like Village one. Really? Yeah, I feel like Village is what everybody was talking about and what everybody enjoyed. That's true. I heard more about Village hear, than the rest of these hear, games. Yeah, because I didn't hear nobody talking about Metroid Dread. Like, Ratchet and Clank is, you know, it's a PS5 exclusive, and it just seems like one of those games that is always great, but people, like, take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, wow, that, that is that is surprising. Yeah, so I couldn't believe it, but, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, um, congratulations to all the winners. Um, you know, I was happy, well, you know, I was biased about, you know, best, uh, R, uh, excuse me, not best RPG, but best uh, strategy game, obviously. Um, and yeah, just I'm I'm surprised like a, a family game won be- game of the year because usually it's like the most popular game and not you know something that's particularly good. Um, it did make me want to take another look at that game, see if maybe it's co-op available on PC or maybe uh, Xbox. That's all I have. I do not have a PlayStation, so um. Okay. It's, it's definitely on Xbox. I know that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, maybe I'll find someone to check that game out. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for the Game Awards. Um, so now, I mean, uh, we can just talk about, you know, what games we've been playing lately. Um, what games have we been playing lately, Tito? Uh, you didn't see any trailers you liked? Well, like I said, I didn't get to actually watch the whole thing. I will say that I did see that Star Wars Eclipse game that looks fabulous, but <laughs> I'm biased because I like Star Wars, so I was going to try it anyway. Um, yeah, well, the what the stuff that I saw that I was kind of looking forward to, like, the they didn't really show nothing, but they announced that they're making a Wonder Woman game. Oh, yeah, I saw the teaser trailer for that, too, actually. Um that was, I mean, they didn't, yeah, they didn't show anything like you said, but, you know, I still want to try it. And the, uh, the, the Suicide Squad trailer, that shit looks cool. Oh, that too, yeah. Yep. But, uh, as far as what I'm playing right now, like, uh, you might, you might have seen me sometimes in somebody's stream be like, let's play Windjammers. Okay. Wind Windjammers is, uh. It's like, uh, you know, like the like the table hockey that you play at the arcade, right? It's like that, and it's like a it's like a fighting game version of that. It's like, uh, but yeah, I've I've been playing I've been playing that I've been playing um, Mario Kart Eight, and uh, and I've been playing the um, like the new PlayStation Four version of. Um, Shadow of the Colossus, like the the remaster. It's like yo, that that, you know, I always tell people, this was like the generation of like the really pretty grass. That's how you knew you had the good graphics in your game. Mm. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Okay, um, I have been playing a online game, which I know. Redman, if he's listening, is going to kill me for this. But I have been playing Maple Story, um, which is an online game. Um, 
only because they just have this new character that came out. Um, yeah. And also um, because of the there's a an event called the Burning Event where you basically level up like three times. Um, well, sorry, excuse me, two more times each time you level up. So I never, you know, I just went through it only because you know it's just faster. And um, like I got the new characters like level one hundred in like a day and a half. So, um, yeah, it's just, that game, I mean, I like it. I mean, I only go back for events now because, you know, I've, I've played that game. I used to play that game so much that I almost know, like, the ins and outs of the game. But, um, yeah, I just went back just for the, um, the events. Um, I've been playing The Sims. I actually just bought a whole bunch of Sims expansions, which I know is kind of ridiculous, but, I mean, I just like that game, too. And, um... What else have I been playing? I'm looking at my screen right now. Um, I was playing a game called Let's Build a Zoo. I stopped playing that game only because it's so hard. Like you, the game basically has you playing like with genetics, and it's so hard to get like certain strands of like the genome. And I'm just like, I just want to run a zoo. So, yeah. Um. Oh, I also got back into Cart Rider. I think I got. I was one of the people that got picked for the beta for this game. So, um, only problem is that when I went on, there was nobody on it at the time. I think maybe because it was like the middle of the day. <laughs> so, I was I was going to try later again tonight to see if maybe I could race against someone. Um, if you don't know what Kart Rider is, it's basically like an online version of Mario Kart. Um, that's like the basic, best basic way I can explain it. And, um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, you got anything else? Um, not really, man. Like I said, I'm just looking for, um, I'm always looking for people to play with, like Mario Kart. Like mm -hmm. I said, I play, I play fighting games. Yeah, we, uh, we, we gotta play something together, man. Oh, yeah, we definitely gotta find something to play, um, together. Right. I gotta, uh. You got, you got Xbox, right? Yeah, I got an Xbox. Yeah, man, shit. There's something on Game Pass, bro. Oh yeah. Um, I'll message you my um my gamer tag so we can um, you know, get together and find some some game that you know we both like. So um, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's about it for the this episode of the scroll. Thanks everybody for listening. I know it's been a really long time since I made an episode. Um, I've just been so busy and um. I want to thank you, Tito, for joining me on this episode. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me um, at lilacboots at gmail.com. I'm also lilacboots on Twitter. Um, if you want to support this podcast, you can also hit the support link. Um, it should be there in Spotify. Um, so this podcast is hosted on Anchor. And, um, yeah, that's about it, Tito. Where can everybody see you at? Just on Twitter? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tito, Tito Q85. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Tito TV18. And, uh, you know, like we always do about this time, good night. Thank you for being. And I hope you got the chance to feel loved today. Yep. Good night, everybody.